Welcome to episode. Are we three or four? Three. How many have we done of this? No, there's three, man. Welcome we to episode three. three. We did our introduction, then we did a follow up, and now now it's now it's time to talk meat and potatoes, bro. Now we're talking actual yes. sports. Yes, football is here. I was thinking this week, do you ever have, like, in the back of your mind, life gets so busy sometimes, it's like, man, what if, like, Christmas arrived and we just weren't ready and forgot about it and you had, like, three hours to plan Christmas? Does that ever cross your mind? Like, what if I forget to get ready for Christmas? No, because there's, like, three-month buildup to Christmas. So. <laughs> there is. There is, but that's, like, a false sense of security. You're like, nah, I got time, and then next thing you know, it's December 23rd, and that's how I feel because... I don't have I had, I'm like I need to subscribe to some kind of a TV service cuz I I I went all summer without TV and I'm like I I think I need TV this week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, pretty soon everyone's going to be cutting cords, bro, and you can you can just you can log on. But back to Christmas. No, luckily my wife is ridiculous when it comes to Christmas. She's got it all handled and usually <laughs> everything's purchased by October, so I don't really have to do much. I just sit back and eat the cookies and enjoy the season, you know. I could tell a really touching story about my grandma uh, and her Christmas prep, but that's not a that's not the right vibe for the opening of this podcast. So we'll, we'll tell that like near the end of the season when everybody needs a good cry. Yeah, I don't want to cry right now. I just don't. Okay, <laughs> hey, first item of business here. Congratulations, man. Yeah. Well, I, if you're talking about what I think you're talking about, it uh, the 10 year anniversary of the national championship. It's it's been a, it's been a remarkable. 10 years it feels like it just happened and i've been i've been celebrating this <laughs> national title for 10 years personally could you imagine what else could this be comparable to like what if you got married in like you in 2008 and then you found out about it this week yeah well <laughs> my friend nick actually had a really good uh a really good analogy for it maybe it may not be uh pg rated but basically it's like <laughs> something really awesome happened and then 10 years later, you find out that was you losing your virginity. <laughs> <laughs> wait, that's what that means? Yeah. And then you're like, wait, that's what? Uh, I guess that's cool. And you can kind of be happy about it then, but you didn't realize it until 10 years later. <laughs> so we'll just go with that. Guess what? You were heavily sedated, but she's a supermodel. And congrats. <laughs> exactly. It was great. Exactly. You didn't exactly. know about it. But Here's the it fact, happened. right? Is, is that I've been having a lot of fun with it because one, it's fun. And two, I know it, it gets a reaction from people. You know, <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> it's it been getting reaction. way too much of a reaction. Yeah, it's like when my kids do something, and I know it makes my daughter mad. Like when when I okay, my daughter's twelve. When she was two, she used to call it dad dad kisses, where she'd kiss me on the lips. And so anytime I'm around her friends, I'm like, hey Lydia, dad dad kisses, dad dad kisses, because she's twelve now, and it embarrasses her. And but I do it because I know it gets that reaction, right? Because I know it's gonna embarrass, and her friends are gonna laugh. So it's the same type of thing. I'm just like pimping our 2008 natty like it's nothing man and i know it gets a reaction but that's that's the fun side of it the truth is utah didn't lobby for this utah didn't self-proclaim them the ncaa said okay we'll recognize this so eh, why not mm -hmm. have fun with it you know i haven't really followed it that closely i saw so ucf was also included in that right yeah they went back and they like found a like i don't know several that were you know, they decided to include for some reason. U U USC got another one added. I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah. Is uh, did Boise State get anything or TCU? No, they don't either? deserve it. Boise State doesn't <laughs> deserve anything. <laughs> they well, we could have. We don't want to waste any more time on Boise State than we need to. They yeah. they're pretty good, you know, compared to the those Utah teams that were good. Boise State's kind of there with them, right? No, that's the thing. Boise, they own the state of Utah as far as head to head games, but. 
we never really played Boise when we were at our peak. Anytime we played Boise, it was a down year when we won six or seven games and they were at their peak. So, But you know what, yeah. Boise fans, I tell them, sure, good job. But whatever you did, we accomplished first. You went to a BCS yeah. game, Utah did it first. You went twice, Utah did that first. So anyway, we, we've already wasted way too much time on Boise. I can I can really identify with that sentiment, believe it or not. Oh, is that right? <laughs> Of being the first to do anything great on a national scale. Well, are you an Ohio State fan or something? <laughs> no, Ohio State's always been big. Yeah. We're talking about the outsider, the the uh, David slaying Goliath, and yeah. and being the first one to be that. Yeah, okay. I get it. I know I how that get, feels. I can get with you there. Uh, here's the thing: I jumped into somebody's um, comment about it and just said, "Hey, I think it's really cool that that official national championship trophy is going to be. We're going to have two of them in the state so close, and in way too subtle of humor because it was like my <laughs> point was you don't get a trophy. There's one trophy. There will only be one trophy in the state. But I'm not a jerk. I'm not going to come right out and be like Mr. Monster on Twitter like yelling about that. Uh, the the troll was to let other people jump in and be like, actually, there's no trophy. But rather than that, everyone else was like, yeah, this is really cool. How about that? It was like all this good vibes harmony stuff. Look at you being a peacemaker, bro. That's great. But I was, it was an <laughs> accidental peacemaker. I was trying to get people mad. I'm just not good at getting hey, people mad. Blessed are the peacemakers. But, but then that got me thinking. I'm like, man, what if there is going to be a trophy? I don't I don't think they'll get a trophy for that, will they? Dude, if there's not, <laughs> I will freaking I will start a GoFundMe yeah. to get one. <laughs> well, this thing, if you were on that man. team, you'd be like, where's my ring? Where's my hardware? Right? Yeah, yeah. And here's the truth. I went to the parade for that in 2008. And, uh-huh. it was, and so I just look back at it now, and I just say it was the National Championship Parade because – Oh yeah. The fact is, we had, if I recall, there were actually 16 AP voters that broke ranks and voted us number one. If we had another eight do it, we would have passed Florida and actually had the AP national championship. The AP had a chance to make a big statement. You know, not, it, it wouldn't cost them a penny to do that. They had a chance to make a statement, and say we're not going to conform to your BCS crap. We feel Utah's the best team, but there were 16 people that did it, but we needed another eight to do it. But oh well, water under the bridge, my man. Yeah. Uh, this is the other thing I'll say, too, is because I try to be as objective as I can. You know I'm a passionate fan, and I'm a passionate BYU fan. I think that 2008 team, the heights that they reached, I, I don't think that the 1984 BYU team is necessarily any better than them. I, I'm okay saying they're equal footing. Yeah, and here's the thing, okay? There's there's no – I mean, you look at the system BYU was playing under in 84 and the system Utah was playing under in 2008 – if BY if that eighty four BYU team was dropped in two thousand eight, they would have had the same problems. They would have been sent to a BCS bowl yeah. and not the national championship. And so it's hard to compare eras and compare teams. The the, yeah. the Trump card you do have though is you do have the official national championship from that year. But the road Utah traveled was could have been more difficult based on what was set up against them, and they did everything they could, and they went undefeated. So, I mean, there's literally nothing else Utah could have done except play at a different during a different era, and that's what's hard to do is you, you look at all these eras where there's, there's AP champions, there's UPI champions, there's coaches champions, and now, of course, the most prestigious, the Anderson-Hester <laughs> championship, you know? The Anderson-Hester. Is that one person's name, or is that two no, people? No, it's two one, people. Like Anderson, it's two folks Anderson that believe and in us. So, yeah, so it's... Okay. Brother Anderson and Brother Hester both feel that, that we were the champs. And, you know, who am I to argue with uh, Anderson and Hester? You know how, like, universities will give people honorary doctorates? Yep. You're like, you're just their honorary brothers. Yeah. They're, they're saints. <laughs> exactly. I'll take it. 
Oh man, that's but hey, that's a great segue into something I wanted to rant a little bit about, and and I, I hate bringing this up because I'm so sick of the topic, but I gotta get it out there. And the season has not officially started yet, so I'm gonna say this now, and I'm gonna do these tricky questions again for you. So, the year the year is 1995. You are you are an athlete. Let's say you're 18. You're your senior in high school. Well, I, was, I was 15 at the time, actually, to be honest with you. If we're being honest, I was 15, and I was an athlete in 1995. Okay, yeah, we could use you. Um, yeah, let's say you're really, really good, okay? And okay. you are an active member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and you intend to yes. continue being so during your college years, meaning uh, you don't want to practice or play or do anything on Sunday, if you can help it, uh, meaning... You know, you don't want to be in an environment that's going to be really toxic to your belief system where, sure, it's fine if people around you are drinking and smoking, do whatever, but, but you don't want to necessarily put yourself in a position where where that's going to be something that uh, you're just surrounded by, have no friends, don't fit in, and life is miserable, right? Uh, uh-huh. you, you are from, I'm going to change your story here, and I'm going to make you, uh, you're from like Pleasant View, Utah, and- okay. Your parents are there, and they want to see your game. And it's 1995, and to watch your games, you know, if, if you go very far away, like, you're really good. Like, you could go play, at, you know, somewhere on the East Coast, but, but that's going to be a little less appealing because the t- they can't watch you on TV if you go that far away, right? And right. travel during the 90s was nowhere near as easy as it is right now. So how are you going to make your decision? You know, I'm already I'm, I'm leading the witness with my questions here. Well, I got to be... I gotta be honest. I'm confused at what the hell you just asked me. <laughs> but let's. I got. It was like the Gordon Monson question from San Bernardino. You know, I, just, I got lost along the way. Yeah. But basically, if I if I if I understand you correctly, what am I basing my decision on? I personally would base my decision on being close to my family and friends that can watch me okay. play. Okay. Ni- 1995 was the year I moved to Alaska, and so. I remember when I moved, I just wanted to be back home, you know, in Salt Lake um, because I was I was a sophomore in high school and all my friends and family were back home. The I, I missed I missed everything, you know. And so I, I, I it, putting myself in that shoes at that time, I remember I just wanted to be back home by my friend, my family. Now, how how would that how would your thought process and decision making process change if you're making that same decision in 2018? Well, am I am I doing it as an as another recruitable athlete or a 38 year old man now? Put yourself back in you are you're a 15 year old, but you are a stud. You could play any college you want anywhere in the country. It's 2018. Things there's things are different on a few of those things I mentioned. You know, the TV. I I'm up here in North Pole, Alaska, and I can follow any East Coast uh-huh. football team I want. You know, I just have to pay a little more, yeah. but I can watch them. Uh, travel relative to the rest of the cost of living, everything else is not expensive anymore. You know, it's not a prohibitive thing where my folks could fly out to a few games that in the '90s that was maybe a little bit more of a burden. Uh, the ease of the LDS lifestyle, you know, there's some places, I'm sure there's some programs that are still pretty, you'd be an outcast, you'd be a weirdo, but you know what, we're accepting everybody now, like this, and I love that, I'm not saying that mockingly, like we live in a very tolerant society where you can fit in and be yourself and, and people are protected more than they mm-hmm. used to be, you know, I, I'm a little bit less worried about being the weirdo with religious beliefs than I would have been in the right. 90s. So does that, do those things change your, the way you decide? Well, I mean, I don't know. I still look at it. I'd still rather be around my family and friends. But at this point, I feel like if if it's easy to travel, if it's easy to be seen, and I'm not a wuss as far as being away from my family and friends, I would go 
personally somewhere where I can play for a national championship every year. Yeah. That's what I would do. Okay. That's fair. So my point of all this is I was watching when BYU won the Cotton Bowl, which, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and say that that's another national championship. Hey, did Anderson Hester say you were national champions? I think if they did. If not, then you can't count it. They did. We'll do some corrections on this podcast at the end of the year if we ever need to, but for now we're not going to worry about that and say, yes, they did. They, they said that. Yes. Okay, the Cotton Bowl team. Uh, a lot of BYU fans feel like is on par with or better than the national championship team of BYU. Uh, and I was watching that on the replay and getting really excited about it, and I realized that among the best players on that team, I don't know how many of them would actually choose BYU now. And here's why. Those things I mentioned. Uh, the local athletes that grow up around Utah and are studs, they have more opportunities to go other places. We have... LDS coaches, we have Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saint coaches all over, uh, you, go. you know, for a while. So we've got Utah has them. They're welcome at Utah. Who Utah's good now. They weren't as appealing in the 90s to, to someone who didn't already love Utah. Uh, we've got Virginia. You're going to feel right at home at Virginia. We've got coaches on the staff at Stanford. Uh, for a while there, Oregon State, Navy. Wisconsin. I mean, during those recruiting years where the people who are playing right now were being recruited, Oregon State and Stanford or, uh, Wisconsin were both kind of drawing that away too. So the pool of pulling top-level talent away from the state is much bigger than it used to be. During those Mountain West glory days and glory years and all that, none of those things were actually factors. And the reason I'm spending so much time on this is the people who say BYU needs to go back to the Mountain West to regain those glory years, that's not happening. The, all those other factors I've been discussing, those would have to change for BYU to get back to those glory years. That When you look at Mountain West versus Independence, Mountain West is becoming a lot more like Utah State with all these other factors. Independence, and I'll, I'll admit it's not there, but it's more like Utah. You waiting for me to react to that? Yeah, you're supposed to be shocked and be like, no way, <laughs> not even close. Nine games versus six, that's nothing. I'm just kidding. I don't whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Here my I point is my being the, the, the independence gives BYU something the Mountain West could never do. When the recruits look at everywhere you're going to play, you're going to travel the country, you're going to be in these awesome stadiums, you're going to play in three or four NFL stadiums during your time, you're going to play against some of these top-level teams and have a chance to showcase your talents on national TV. I mean, for me, the recruiting is just night and day difference. Independence is better than G5 is right now. Now, maybe G5 okay. will evolve. Maybe that'll change. But Mountain West right now, no. I'm not interested in that at all. Okay, what I heard you say then there is the things that have changed will make BYU not as successful. Man, that sounds like you're screwed then because if all these good LDS talents leave in the state for all these Pac-12 and, and whatever schools, how, do, how does BYU get to being dominant again? If, uh, if they can't get those players. They they do what all of us do when we have trials and challenges in our lives. You do the best you can. And and when I look at Tom Homo, honestly, it, it, the job that he's done, I think when all's said and done, phenomenal. Because this was an opportunity to really set the program into tailspin. And, of course, when I say that, everyone will point at last season and say it already is. No, last season was last season. You throw that season out, they've done remarkably well with the challenges they've faced. So he's created this schedule that is close to a P5 schedule. He's got this team, this program, to where anyone in the country who says we need an out-of-conference P5 requirement, 
by the way, BYU counts. They don't say that if BYU is struggling or if they're a G5. Maybe for Boise State, but here's the other thing too. Boise State, oh man, I hate spending more time on them. Boise State is to G5 what Alabama is to P5. They don't count. You can't use that as the example of just do what they do any more than I could look at Utah and say just do what Alabama does. You can't just do what Boise State does. Going to that level, you're going to say that's Utah State caliber. Yeah, I see that. And and it, what, I, what I will give you with Tom Homo is I agree. I think his job is super hard because you look at you look at all the P5 schools they don't want in the middle of November when they're going for a conference championship and injuries are already a factor to step out of conference play and play somebody like BYU and then oh let's go back to conference play for the last two games of the season you know yeah once they're in conference play it's hard to step out when you've got that focus and so for what he's been yeah I agree for what he for his hand that's been dealt to him I think he's done a great job. I know he gets a lot of flack. Like, oh, why don't we just have, why don't we just have Penn State do a home and home every year, or mm-hmm. why don't we just have Florida do a home and home and then Alabama? That's just, you know, it's, yeah. it's what he's done with what he's got. I think it's really hard. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I think it'll be interesting. I and I've, I've mentioned this before on Twitter. I think this is the trajectory we're on. We're gonna kind of maintain. There's gonna be some good years and there's gonna be some bad years. I think it'll be this way until the next major TV change and we'd actually refer that at the beginning of the show is more and more people cut their cords and cable companies lose power that's the dynamic i see happening the money will change the landscape will change and at some point and i mean byu's too big of a program as far as their fans and the the money involved and the people who care they won't slide away into nothingness you know that's like saying well i don't know chevrolet is having a down year shut it down you know they're, they're big. They're going to bounce back. Like, they'll be around in some form or another. So long term, I'm not too worried. The next 10 years, I think, could be a little dicey maybe half the time. Yeah, I, I mean, here's here's my thoughts on it. Right now, the way the landscape is, the power conferences and the playoff, and here's the problem, in my opinion, you'll always have, is the honor code. Yeah. You need speed. You need big-time athletes. And the Utah athletes and the LDS athletes aren't enough in my opinion, to compete in that in that arena. You know, you need guys that can come here and not worry about, oh, I'm going to get turned in for for going to get a Starbucks mm-hmm. or if I hook up with my girlfriend, then then I'm going to be kicked out of school. And that's a legit – dude, I, 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 listen, I'm a devout LDS member, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. I hold callings, et cetera. Um, but, dude, for high school kids not outside the LDS religion, sex and alcohol – is part of life. Yeah, it yeah. just is. And to say you can't do that, dude, you're not you're not going to get a lion's share of the athletes you need in today's game right. to do that. And so it's just I think that will always be a hurdle for BYU to deal with, regardless of what conference or affiliation they're in. The way it goes, I, you, I don't know. I just you bring up an excellent point because again, considering the glory days, the athletes of the past and now, the other dynamic that has changed. We're all connected. Every human is connected. We've all got phones. We've all got cameras. We, I don't know. We're in this society now where it didn't used to be that way. It used to be a good old boys system. And I'm not saying it necessarily was better back then. This isn't me reminiscing for. Oh, I, I'd love to go back to the days, but. Are you, you really think you really think Francis Bernard and Jim McMahon are are that different? No, dude. I mean, I remember hearing stories about McMahon just 
you know, he'd be drinking all the time. Yeah. The problem is, you're right. It's the the society we live in, where you have, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be kind of mean here. You have a bunch of dorky BYU students who sign this code, and they feel like, well, my gosh, I have to do it. I see this athlete getting away with it. That's yeah. BS. I'm gonna anonymous, anonymously report him because they they feel like if I have to do this, they have to do this. Right. You know. Right. And, and and it's just human nature to feel like, well, I'm getting screwed. I don't want to get screwed when. So and so over there, yeah. Just because he's a quote football player, so nowadays you're right with technology, yeah. With cell phones with Twitter, anything. Someone sees something, well, crap. That's no fair that he gets to stay in school and yeah. he can be out drinking. But I, whatever, reported, you know. So I just think it's, I think it's a different culture than it was in the eighties. Well, man. and, and it's the different as a whole for society. You know, again, I'm, it, it kind of comes across as though we're framing this as a bad thing. It, it's a good thing, you know, when you think about like the whole Me Too movement, like more men in politics and in Hollywood are being held accountable for their actions. That's great. Like we should have been having great actions all along. So the progress we're making, not necessarily like saying, hey, go out and be tattletales, but you know what, keep each other accountable to keep people safe. Like that's a good thing. And kind of the the way it affects the football team I happen to cheer for, it can be spun in a negative light if I have the attitude that winning is the only thing that matters. But you know me better than that. I like winning, but, but more than that, I like happiness and love and if all that. If the net result is your star running, your star linebacker ending up at Utah, I'm all for people turning these guys <laughs> in. You know, that, that's yes. okay. Turn them all in. Send them up north, yes. man. That's okay. I there's two, the leadership. Uh, I always like to refer to the board of trustees of Brigham Young University. Uh, the current board of trustees of Brigham Young University, they have not been afraid to be shaking things up in their other responsibilities that have to do with the uh, the right. church that they're in charge of. Right. So right. I, it wouldn't shock me, too, if over the next several years, maybe some things at BYU change. Maybe the honor code system. I, I would love, uh, I personally, you know how you feel about National Championship Week right now? When they say uh-huh. beards are welcome for all male students or female students, beards are welcome for all students at BYU. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy my caffeinated beverage and I'm just gonna sit back and smile because I'm a big believer in beards. I love my beard. You're gonna be a retroactive beard national <laughs> champion. Yes. You'll be like, dude, I've been having I've been enjoying beards for ten years. This is incredible. Yeah. You know that's that's the thing. That's another thing is is that I, that as a Utah fan, I you know we we basically are beholden to the athletic director mm-hmm. and the head coach at BYU. You've got your apostles and prophets. You got to report to you know mm-hmm. your 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 board of directors. It's just it's BYU deals in a different world as far as what they deal with. It's it's easy to sit back and say, oh, we went four and nine, fire Sataki. But then when you have to get your head coach approved through right uh, a, a man who's running an, a worldwide religion, it's just a different world. And I personally think the coaching, the coaches, and the athletic director should be cut more slack than they are. I look at BYU fans, and I think part of it is they're so frustrated with how successful Utah's been the last decade that mm-hmm. they're letting that bleed into the way they view their own program. You absolutely, know? absolutely, yeah. If uh, no, I I agree wholeheartedly, and it, some of that's direct, and some of that's indirect, just by comparison. But um, yeah, yeah, agreed. Anyway, all right, bro. So let let me ask you a question. Yes, Tanner Mangum is your starting quarterback. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, optimistic because I think, again, we've got a coaching staff. Jeff Grimes, he he knows he's got to prove himself. Like he's unknown. He's kind of seen the way. I mean, not necessarily that we turned on Ty Detmer, but man, he had all the support in the world, and then he had no support at all. And, and everyone still loves him and embraces him, and he still there's a good relationship with the university there. I think Jeff Grimes looks at that, and he he knows what's at stake. I think for that reason, he's not going to go with somebody 
that he's like, well, he's a nice guy. We should give him a chance. Tanner obviously earned it in practice or else he wouldn't have been the guy. Now, it sounded like what I've been reading, there wasn't a ton of separation throughout spring, you know, fall camp and everything. So uh, decent chance that there's a a few different starters throughout the year. And sometimes that's never good, actually. (laughs) I was going to say, sometimes that's great. That's never great. Uh, Hopefully, (laughs) you know, I'd love to have Tanner just have an excellent year and have Jeff Grimes say, I understand football. I understand how to design things around this kid. And we're going to have, you know, we'll make it work. And he can. I mean, Tanner, Two seasons, or his season when Taysom Hill got injured, uh, he had a great year. It wasn't, I mean, everybody was all behind Tanner. So I I don't see any reason he can't have another great year. You get the right yeah. mind designing things around him, it, it can work. Yeah, I, I think personally is the safer choice to go with Tanner Mingham because <clears throat> the way it starts out with Washington, Wisconsin, Arizona, Cal, like it's going to be rough. Yeah. sledding either way and it's easier to to go from your senior to the future with a younger guy than it is to say okay screw it we made a mistake with this young guy let's hurry and go back to the senior see if we can save the season yeah i think at that point that's that's would be a much bigger mess than doing it this way yeah so. I, I agree i think uh uh you know he's got my support i'm i'm all for uh supporting whoever the coaches determine is the best person to play and uh yeah we'll see how it goes all right, bro. So yeah. predictions this week. Utah's got Weber State. You've got Arizona. You start with your prediction for both Utah Kay. State or excuse me, Utah versus Weber State. Okay. And uh, BYU Arizona. I'm gonna say so. I'm gonna introduce a new segment I want to do. If you're on board with this, you you are you okay. on? I'd mention this yeah, is the thing I want to do. Let's do it. This is how we plan our show on the fly. Uh, it's a prediction, but then what we like to call oddly specific prediction. That's how we're gonna set ourselves apart from other podcasts. So I'm okay. going to say first, uh, so Weber State, Utah, um, you know, it's actually not that much of a stretch to say at halftime the game will be closer than it should be because Utah starts that way. They're known for that. That's how it is. It seems to be. Yeah, that's why I don't do Twitter during games, seriously, <laughs> yeah. because furious Utah fan at the end of the first quarter, middle of the second quarter is oh, yeah. not fun because yeah. they do not wait around. I mean, it's been that <laughs> every year, uh-huh. Idaho State and Montana and blah blah blah. Second quarter Utah fan is angry. Yes, and I don't. I just I don't do Twitter during games because one, I hate reading that. It makes me angry. Pisses uh-huh. me off. Two, I'll probably say something I'll regret too. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I think we've we've all been there a time or two. Um, so here's my my prediction: is it'll be closer than it should be at halftime. By the end of the game, Utah will have doubled Weber's uh, Weber State's points, and then my oddly specific part of that is a defensive player on Utah who's a reserve and won't get a lot of time this year, is going to have a touchdown. He's going to get carried away. He's going to celebrate too much, and the flag will fly. He'll get a penalty for it. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is specific. Oddly specific. Yes. Okay. So my my prediction then, I think Utah, this is the first time in a long time we've brought back the same offensive coordinator, the same quarterback, the same running back, yeah. the majority of the same receivers, and four offensive linemen. I think our usual offensive woes are over. Okay. Boom. I think we're going to start big. We're going to be up 28 nothing midway through the second quarter. Okay. And then we're going to coast in the second half. And then I think Utah fans, the specific, oddly specific, Jason Shelley will come in off the bench as the first quarterback. Utah fans will be pissed and call Jack – Tuttle a bust. 
because that's what we like to do. We like to make proclamations early on. Yes. And the fact that he's, you know, he was hyped up as a recruit and he's third string. Utah fans will be upset. But then by second game, they'll be calling for Jack Tuttle to come in and, and start. So, do you, uh, do you or at least by at least by conference play. Okay, Tuttle has the opportunity. I love this rule by the NCAA. He can play up to four games and still have his redshirt year. Yeah, is dude, he it's is awesome. he going to play four games? In four I, games, he, he will play four games. But the question is, do you play him the first two games to give him experience, and then if Huntley stays healthy, then play him the last two, or do you hold him in case Huntley gets injured? You know, if you're going to be two or three games without Huntley, and then play him then so he doesn't lose his red shirt. You know, that's the question: is do you do you chance playing him early to give him some experience, or do you hold on to him in case you need? I, him? If you're asking me, if I'm the head coach, I would attack it this way. I would say we have. 12 games, right? 12 game season? Yep. We got 12 yep. games. There's a decent chance that in four of those, we will have a safe enough margin that the game doesn't matter and we can get our guys some experience. Whenever that happens, throw him in. Because you, gotcha. you never know. It might only happen two times. He might only get in two games. Or it yeah. might be other, you might be on the losing end of that. You may get some garbage time because you're down 40 points. So, you know, yeah. you never know. So, when the opportunity happens, you do it. And when you've hit four, you've hit four. And you say, that was our goal for the season. We're good. Yeah, I see. I worry about I worry about Huntley. He's still not very big. He's still under two hundred pounds, I think, or maybe, mm. or maybe he's two hundred two ten or something. But he's still kind of thin. Yeah, and he runs a lot. He likes to hold the ball more than he should. You uh-huh. look at the bowl game last year. He ran twenty plus times. When you have freaking Moss's boss, a huge beast running back, he still holds the ball and, and runs a lot. So I, I'm afraid he's. Yeah. He's gonna get. I mean, he got injured last year, yeah, a couple times, you know. So he, I hated saying I, I this know. last year because I didn't want. I, I thought it might get misinterpreted. Young Huntley reminded me a lot. Oh crap! What's his name? What's the Utah State guy that was a stud early on? Chucky. Yeah, Chucky, Chucky Keaton. Keaton. That's what it was. Young Chucky Keaton, and people dismissed this because it was Utah State and it was a few years ago. His, Keaton was awesome. I take that compliment all day freshman, long. Freshman sophomore year, I mean, he was headed for the pros. He was phenomenal. Unfortunately, he, was awesome, he never was quite the same. You know, after his injuries, he didn't. He didn't quite get that. He, he could juke like no other. Watching yeah, Huntley reminded me of, of Chucky Keaton, and and I, I hope I can get with that. Yeah, I hope his career pans out better. You know, if he could stay healthy and and uh, just continue being awesome, then then great. I mean, he is headed to the pros, but you know, it's it's a risky way to play football. It is, especially as big as fast as everybody is now, dude. It's not yeah. like they just they don't just tackle you; they freaking knock you out. But that's why yeah. you know somebody said about drop back passers, you know, yeah. and, and 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 that's why hopefully Tuttle can develop because if you have running backs like we usually do, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah. that's that's my prediction for Utah Weaver State. I like it. What about what Excited. about BYU Arizona? Your thoughts? Okay, I'm gonna say BYU Arizona. It will. You know how I love that ESPN can do this. They'll show you the chart and say this team had a, has this much of a win probability at this point in the game. Yeah, I actually hate that. You hate that? <laughs> because it's like afterwards if you choke a game, oh, Utah had a 97% oh, yeah. chance to win. Yeah. And they lost it. I hate that. It can, like, it can be frustrating. I like it for this reason. I like it because the score sometimes is all people will see and they can misinterpret how the game was. So – I'm going to say BYU will lose by a margin of about 20. I'm going to give myself about a three-point cushion, 23-17. You know, kind of that will be the margin of victory for Arizona. But with five minutes left in the game, Arizona will only have a 60% chance to win. It means it's going to be an entertaining game to watch. 
BYU is going to be in it. They're going to. When you watch the game, you'll say, you know what? They're good. They've got a good team. We've got some chances this year. I didn't think we would have. It's going to be entertaining. And at the end, it's all going to fall apart. There's going to be a turnover, a pick six, something like that. The final score will not tell the story of the game. That is. That's both my prediction and my oddly specific prediction. Well, I think I think it'll be about a 14, 17 point game. Um, here's what I, I think people don't realize or underestimate just how big of a playmaker Khalil Tate can be. Yeah. Because you can bottle him up for five, six runs in a row, but bam, he you can miss one tackle and it's a 90-yard touchdown. Right. He did that all season last year. I mean, he was rushing for 300-plus yards a game a lot of the season, you know? Yeah. I mean, he can. he's big, he's strong, and he just needs one small crease, and it's a it's 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 game over on that run, you know. Like you you just can't catch him, and so I think I think BYU can game plan for him, but I, I just think over time he just needs two or three runs, and that's two or three touchdowns, that's twenty one points, and that's that's the difference. So I think because uh, I, I don't think Arizona is that great to be honest with you, but they have him, and he is he's a lot better than people realize he is, especially running. So. I think uh, it's not like like Arizona's got a staunch defense or multiple playmakers. They don't, from what I've seen, from what I can tell from last year. But they have him, who's just like I mean, he's a world class playmaker. Like he's he's a once in a generation guy for any team, and he's so I don't think people are really realizing just how good he is, and he can break it off any minute. And it's he's like Bryce Love at Stanford. You can you can yeah. stop that guy two or three, but then all of a sudden, boom, ninety five yard touchdown, and it's. It's demoralizing. Unlike Stanford, though, you're saying Arizona as a team is not that strong. They're kind of a weak team with one dangerous player, and it's like right. a loose cannon where you can't you can't ever count them out. Right. Yeah. That's that's my my thoughts. That's a good take. I'm I'm interested in watching that and seeing how it happens. I do. I have more confidence in BYU's defense than their offense, uh, just because that seems to be how it's gone for the last little while. They're returning a lot more of their defense than they are the offense. Uh, they've they've got some a lot of a lot of playmakers coming back, so. I'm optimistic about their defense as a whole, but yeah, you just—I don't know. I, I, you, you never know. I, it's so hard yeah. to predict. After last year, Dude, I don't trust my own judgment on anything anymore. Dude, that's the thing: is every year there's teams that underperform what they're projected, and teams that overperform, and you mm. don't know who that's going to be until you're in the thick of the season. You know? Yeah. It's, I mean, a couple of years ago, Utah was coming off back-to-back five and seven seasons. Everyone's like, oh, I don't know if they can. They just can't hack it in this league, and then uh, boom, Kyle Whittingham rips off nine, nine, and ten wins in a row. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and so three seasons in a row. So it's I don't know. There's always teams that overperform, always teams that underperform, and that, my friend, is why you play the game. That's why you play the game, right? I explained that. I, I had my kids at a high school football game over the weekend, and uh, and they were looking at the score, and they were like, "Dad, you know what? What we're losing was," and they're asking me, you know, my analysis. So I'm I'm telling them what I think, and I said, you know, it looks like we're gonna lose. I said, but there's five minutes left. And, and I've, I've done this, but I, I wrote a big old blog post on this. I love football because football is a game of chaos. And the chaos is why we love it. Like a little gust of wind that pushes a field goal try just three inches to the right, uh-huh. so it doinks the field goal post. Our teams facing each other have lived and died by that little gust of wind changing everything. Like the chaos, yeah. is, you hate it, but you also love it. That's why you have to watch. That's what you have to embrace. It's the best, bro. It's the, and this time of year is the best. I cannot wait to walk into the stadium to hear the band warming up, uh, to smell man. the corn dogs and the hot dogs cooking, and to just feel it, baby. College football is back, and I cannot freaking wait. Football is in the air. Hey, uh, we need to give a shout-out to our new sponsor. We, uh, we're just getting started, but we have a sponsor, and we want to shout them out. Yeah. 
We'd like to welcome our first sponsor to the North and Goal show, Soda Flow Drink Shop in North Salt Lake. They are purveyor of specialty coffees, flavored sodas, and the finest treats and snacks known to mankind. So next time you're in the uh, the North Salt Lake area and you're hankering for a Dr. Pepper mixed with coconut and cream, boom, hit up Soda Flow Drink Shop. That's awesome. I, I actually, I can say this. Next time I'm in that area, I definitely will. I, I'm intrigued. Good. Good, yeah. They're they're they're. I personally know the owners. Yes, they're incredible. Uh, they are kind. They are Christ-like. They oh, are nice. handsome. So stop in, uh, meet these guys, and get get yourself a cookie and a snack, man. Yeah, good. Oh, that that, that makes me feel better about you know using my hard-earned money there. I like yeah. to support businesses with good people. So that's that's good, great. Good, good. Soda yeah. flow. Yes, sir. We should have a tagline or something. I don't know. We'll Soda think. flow save H two O. Remember that slow the flow save. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we should do like a, a riff on that. Soda flow. Yeah. When you're on the go, if you have I don't know, <laughs> sort of drive through or something. Okay. Yeah. Go Soda to Soda flow. flow go. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, next week we'll have some football games to break down. Tune in next week. Yes. Break down the games. Preview the next week. Looking yes. forward to it, man. Football's back, brother. Football is back. Go Utes. All right. Okay, see ya. Go Utes. No, you're supposed to say go Cougars. I was I was trying to throw you off like when Bugs Bunny tricks Elmer Fudd. <laughs>